Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Loyal, your host. We are in a convergence point right now, as oftentimes happens in the liturgical calendar. This is one of the many reasons why I find this stuff so exciting. By stuff, I mean the life of the church, the liturgical life of the church, because the liturgical life of the church, and by that I mean not just so-called going to church on Sunday. Well, that's very much a part of it, but there's so much more to it. Notice I said liturgical life. It's a life. It's a way of life. The liturgical life of the church immerses us into the mysteries of the life of Christ. Those things which we read about in the scripture are not just stories, they're not just history, although they certainly have a historical dimension to them, obviously, but they transcend history, and they are our experience. They are an experience of the kingdom of God on earth, and they point us to and anticipate the kingdom of heaven where we all hope to be for eternity. So we're at an interesting point in the liturgical calendar because, especially in the Byzantine liturgical calendar, we have the feast of the presentation or the entrance of Christ into the temple. We also call it the encounter with Simeon. Remember, that's the story in Luke's Gospel, chapter 3, where Jesus Christ is presented in the temple, placed into the hands of the just elder Simeon. This was part of the ritual of the Israelites, the Jewish faith. And when that happened, the elder Simeon, the righteous Simeon, makes this incredible proclamation. Now, Master, you may let your servant go in peace according to word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. So is an encounter, which I think is an interesting way to title this event, an encounter. Yes, Jesus is being presented in the temple. That's okay, too. That is part of it. The encounter, though, has another nuance to it, and it pertains very much to us, to encounter Christ as Simeon did. Because, again, what's happening in the Scripture is what is happening to us. It's our life, our experience. And we're supposed to learn from that and live that. And what did Simeon do? Simeon basically said, there's no reason to live anymore because I'm holding God in my hands. 
So we have the occurrence of Christ encountering Simeon in the temple, and there is the prophetess Anna standing in the wings, and she has her part in this too. But also, it is the same Sunday in the Byzantine liturgical calendar of the Sunday of Zacchaeus. It's the gospel reading where, you remember, the tax collector Zacchaeus, much hated by Jewish people at the time, because tax collectors usually were unjust to people. So the tax collector was really somebody who was not very well received, very well regarded. Well, the tax collector, Zacchaeus, he's a man of small stature. He wanted to see Jesus. He knew Jesus was coming down the road with his friends, his cheerleaders, you know, his disciples. And he wanted to get a glimpse of him because Zacchaeus was hungry. He knew he had a yearning and he had an emptiness within him. And somehow he was attracted to Christ. Maybe this Christ person, this Jesus of Nazareth, might have that answer. So he climbs up a tree and Jesus sees him and says to him, Zacchaeus, I wish to be with you tonight. I wish to have dinner with you, to be in your home tonight, to visit with you tonight. And everybody is shocked. The last thing they ever expected was Jesus, a Jew, would want to be with a tax collector. And he says that immediately when he sees him, because he sees Zacchaeus' desire. And the reason we read this gospel at this particular Sunday is because it's part of the preparatory Sundays for the Lenten season. So we have an overlap or a confluence here of the first echo of the oncoming season of penance, and then of Christ's suffering, death, and resurrection. We have that meeting up with the final phase of this past season of the incarnation. So we actually see, almost as if you, you can think of it as a, a rhythm or motion, where there is a descending motion of the incarnational season. God descends. He comes to earth from heaven. He descends and thereby raises us up, raises up humanity. And then we start to swing upward towards the Lenten season, which ultimately points to the resurrection. So you kind of have this descending and ascending. You kind of hit the bottom of the curve there. That's where, where we're hitting today. The bottom of the curve where the two ascending and descending rhythms of the liturgical calendar meet. So we have this confluence of the season, the incarnation with the oncoming season of the crucifixion and resurrection. In between will be an elaborate, magnificent period of penance, of renewal, confession, fasting, praying, lots of praying and fasting, fasting, prayer, charity. In the liturgical text for this feast of the encounter or the meeting of our Lord Jesus Christ with Simeon, also called the presentation of our Lord in the temple, in fact, it's one of the mysteries on the rosary, commonly referred to as the presentation of the temple in the West. In the East, we say that, but we also say the meaning or the encounter of our Lord with Simeon. The liturgical texts are, as always, very, very rich. We're going to look at some of those to get the real flavor and, and the theology, you know the, you know, the way of immersing ourselves into this mystery. First of all, in the Vesper service that anticipates this feast, there is a prayer that says this, Search the scriptures as Christ our God said in the Gospels, for in them we find him who was born and wrapped in swaddling clothes, the one laid in a manger and fed upon milk, who received circumcision and was carried by Simeon, not in fancy nor in imagination, but in very truth he has appeared to the world. Let us cry out to him, Glory to you, O pre-eternal God. So you see what's happened is it delineates 
really the events of this incarnational season. It, it, it says he was wrapped in swaddling clothes, laid in a manger, and fed upon milk, received circumcision, now carried by Simeon. And this is not a fancy or imagination. This actually happened. And it happened progressively. And we would add to this his Christ baptism in the Jordan at the hand of John, all of which is his total incarnation, total, total self-emptying. It was not, as the prayer says, in fancy or imagination. This is not just a nice, pious thing that we say. This is an affirmation, an underscoring of the reality. Point by point, every aspect of it, the reality of this incarnation. And that's why the way that we see all of life has to be formed by this incarnational worldview. It changes how you see everything, how you see people, how you see life, how you see nature. So as we move through the text, we find some other very fascinating ones. It says, Adorn your bridal chamber, O Zion, and welcome Christ the King. Welcome Mary, the gate of heaven, for she has appeared as a cherubic throne, on which the King of God is seated. Indeed, the virgin has become a cloud of light, bearing in her arms the eternal Son. Simon received him in his arms and proclaimed to the people that he is the Master, the Master of life and death, and the Savior of the world. Here we have some references to the Virgin Mary. Adorn your bridal chamber, O Zion, and welcome Christ the King. Welcome Mary, the gate of heaven, for she has appeared as a cherubic throne. We have here espousal imagery, again, pointing to that relationship of Christ to us in terms of nuptials. Adorn your bridal chamber, O Zion. And the Virgin Mary is seen as the gate of heaven and also as a cherubic throne on which the King of God is seated. See, these things are metaphorical and poetic and symbolic. But remember, in the church, in the way that we pray, in the liturgical calendar, liturgical prayer, the services of the church, the life of the church, these are realities. These symbols make something mystical present. So yes, the Virgin Mary is like a cherubic throne. And she is the gate. After all, Christ came through her and she carried him just like you often see the images of a great king being carried on the shoulders of servants, triumphantly marching into a village or town or city. So, same thing with the Virgin Mary. Now, we also have another text here. It says, Let the heavenly host marvel at this mystery, and let those on earth praise in song as we behold the ineffable condescension of God. See, there's that emphasis again on the condescension. That's a great description of the incarnational event. He is now embraced in aged arms, the one before whom the powers of heaven tremble, the one who alone loves all. The Ancient of Days becomes a child for my sake. The Most Holy God is purified in order to confirm the reality of the human flesh, which he received from the Virgin. Simeon, upon beholding this mystery, acknowledged him as God revealed in the flesh. The elder greeted him as life, and rejoicing cried out in his old age, Let me depart, for I have seen you the life of all. When we return, we're going to continue to look at the way that the church prays, how it immerses us in this scriptural event and makes it our event through the liturgy of the church. I am Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion, and to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. 
in order to keep Light of the East on the air. You can make a donation now by going to ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. And then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. Father Loya invites you to see the new Tabor Life website. That's TaborLife.org. When you land on the homepage, you can see how Tabor Life can help improve your marriage, your life, and how to see the beauty of God's created order in your personal life. On TaborLife.org, you can book Father Loya to speak to your organization about the key elements of leadership, relationships, and sexuality, as well as speak on cultural, social, and political issues. As a renowned artist, Father Loya can speak about how art, liturgy, and prayer fit together. On TaborLife.org, you can see the many ways of how you can communicate with us. And as you look to the lower right-hand corner of the page, Click on the messenger icon for live chat. And finally, Tabor Life Institute is a 5013C charitable organization that earnestly needs your support. Click on the support link at the top of the page and donate. After all, Tabor Life is powered by you. You're, you're listening to Father Thomas Loyan on Light of the East. This is Bold Talk with Father Thomas Loyan. We live in strange times, full of contradictions, many of which we create and then force upon ourselves. An example. To hear the rest of this and other bold talks with Father Thomas Loya, visit TaborLife.org and go to the main menu and click subscribe. 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 Welcome back to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Loya, your host. We're looking at the liturgical expression, the liturgical immersion into this great feast of the encounter of our Lord Jesus Christ with Simeon in the temple, also called, especially in the West, the presentation of our Lord in the temple. But we also said that this year, it's very interesting today, it comes as part of a confluence or meaning point of the incarnational season and now a hint, an echo of the upcoming season of the resurrection, because in the liturgical calendar of the Byzantine Church, this is the Sunday of Zacchaeus, one of the first preparatory Sundays, there's actually about four of them, that prepare us for the beginning of the Lenten season. So we're descending, we're hitting, in a sense, the bottom point, and then we're ascending again. That's the cycle of the birth and resurrection of Christ. Now, in Isaiah chapter 6, it talks about when Isaiah was being called to become a prophet. It says here, Holy, 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 holy is the Lord of hosts, they cried to one another. All the earth is filled with his glory. At the sound of that cry, the frame of the door shook and the house was filled with smoke. Then I said, Woe is me, I am doomed, for I am a man of unclean lips, living among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, holding an ember, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. He touched my mouth with it. See, he said, now that this has touched your lips, your wickedness is removed, your sin purged. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for me? Here I am, I said, send me. And he replied, Go 
and say to the people, Listen carefully, but you shall not understand. Look intently, but you shall know nothing. And so on. We'll stop there. The point here, though, is that the prophet Isaiah, as he's being called to be a prophet, to prophesy for a god, an angel comes and takes an ember, a coal, a burning coal, and touches his lips and purifies him so that he can speak. Well, that image is always just picked up in the liturgical text, but they do something kind of interesting with it. In two places, at least, it says this. Simeon spoke to the mother of God, saying, One of the seraphim purified the lips of Isaiah with a burning ember. You fill me with light as you entrust to me with your hands as with tongs. The one whom you hold, the Lord of the light that knows no evening, and the King of peace. Then also says this, this is in the morning prayer service in the Byzantine church for the feast of the encounter of Christ with Simeon. It says, O mystical tongs, how do you carry the coal? How do you nourish him who gives food to all? That's referring to the Virgin Mary now. Another metaphor, another allegory for her. She is now the tongs, referring to the tongs that the angel used to take the burning coal and purify the lips of Isaiah so he could preach the word of God. Same thing here. Simeon now will carry in his hands, as though he were tongs as well, Christ. And the Virgin Mary also becomes then mystical tongs because they both will carry the Christ in their arms and yet not be consumed, not be burned. Remember, Jesus Christ is man and God. And to approach God, to actually approach the actual living God is a frightful thing. It was always believed because God is so great Someone can be destroyed or burned. And that's what makes these allegories, these metaphors, these events in the Bible very special, such as the burning bush. The bush was on fire, but it was not consumed. These are anticipations. These are allegorical typologies for what will be the Virgin Mary and Jesus Christ. Same thing with Jonah in the whale. He gets swallowed up in a whale, but yet he's okay. And he comes out of the whale on the third day. So these typologies that we see from the Bible are picked up in the liturgical prayer. So we have this connection, this really ingenious, comprehensive, integrated immersion into the meaning, the experience, the mystical meaning and relevancy of this event of Christ encountering Simeon in the temple. There is also, some interesting, I call like paradoxes or contrasts, sort of flip-flops that happen in the liturgical text. Here's one from February 3rd today. While remaining young in spirit, you became old in body, O Simeon. You received the promise not to see death until you had seen the infant. He was of God the Father before all ages, yet he humbled himself through the flesh. You beheld him and danced for joy and asked for release from the flesh, then you joyfully pass to the heavenly abode. Okay, now the beginning part's very important. While remaining young in spirit, you became old in body, O Simeon. Now a little later, they're going to flip-flop that. He who is ancient of days and young in the flesh is being brought to the temple by his virgin mother. He fulfills the promise of his own law. Simeon receives him and says, Now you may dismiss your servant according to your word in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, O Lord. I always found that to be very fascinating. While remaining young in spirit, you became old in body, O Simeon. Then it refers to Christ. 
and it flip-flops it. He who is ancient of days and young in the flesh is being brought to the temple by his virgin mother. Now, also, also liturgical texts that help us to immerse ourselves into this mystery have just really an inexhaustible source of inspiration, of, of paradox, of mystical meditation, of making connections. And that's the important thing about worship and experience of church, just as a whole, especially during the liturgical feast days. That's why it's very important to celebrate these feast days, to read about them in the Scripture, go to church in any way possible, Immerse yourself in these feast days because they immerse us in the mystery, and that is, that is our mystery, not just a history lesson, not just the event of Christ, but for us too. Here's another verse as an example. He who once gave the law to Moses on Sinai today submits himself to the prescriptions of the law. In his compassion, he has become like us for our sakes. Now the pure God, as a holy infant, having opened a pure womb, is being offered as God to himself. He is freeing us from the curse of the law and granting light to our souls. Isn't that interesting? He is being offered as God to himself. In the liturgy, we say a prayer, especially in the Byzantine liturgy, in which we say that Christ is the one who was offered and who himself offers. In other words, as we offer the sacrifice of the Mass or the Divine Liturgy, what we're doing is we're actually participating in Christ offering himself. So it's really not us offering it, at least not alone, on our own. It is us participating in Christ offering himself. He is the one who is offered, yes, but he's also the one who does offer. So he's the offering and the offerer, so to speak. Great and awesome is the mystery of the plan of salvation, which embraces everyone and raises up infants, since he is being carried as an infant in her arms. Now we have the relevancy, once again, of the liturgical prayer and of this scriptural event. It says, Great and awesome is the mystery of the plan of salvation, which embraces everyone and raises up infants, since he is being carried as an infant in her arms. So in other words, infancy now, as wonderful and innocent as it is, we already revere it and so on, but as wonderful as that is, it now becomes raised up even higher because Christ himself was an infant. Now, this is what happens to every aspect of Christ. If it takes on the human body, the human body now is elevated. If it becomes a man, an adult man, adulthood, manhood is now elevated. If he steps in the waters of Jordan, as he did in it during his baptism, waters are now elevated, sanctified. Now here, as an infant, he comes to us into the hands of the just elder Simeon. So therefore, now infancy becomes raised up. So everything that Christ touches, everything he becomes, the quality of those things now becomes raised, becomes more mystical, it more connected with its ultimate meaning. See, everything in creation, everything on earth, has an eschatological or mystical ordering to it. In other words, it's more than just what it seems. We tend to live so much just on face value. We live so superficially. Everything becomes so banal. It just becomes what we see on the surface. We don't see it as connected with God, how it reveals God, what its real essence, its real mystery is. Well, this is why the church and the worship of the church is so, so indispensable and urgent for us. Because the church alone teaches us how to see everything from an infant 
to an adult, to a stream of water, to a star in the sky, to see it as it really is with its ordering to something greater, to God's eternal plan. I want to thank you for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. To hear Light of the East again, visit ByzantineCatholic.com and click on the Features and Programs tab and on iTunes. Thank you for listening to Light of the East. We encourage you to tell a friend about Light of the East and to visit ByzantineCatholic.com. Light of the East is produced by ADC Media. radio is it's training for the troops it's a interaural of the ear boot camp the folks who listen who grow in their faith grow in charity grow in all the virtues they then go out and exert an influence far beyond just themselves catholic radio has an exponential effect for bringing people deeper into the faith dr ray garendi thinks catholic radio is important so should you thank you for listening Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Wilcook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. Or donate online on the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years. Oh!